Are we on? We're on. Coincidences <laughs> like Charles Darwin's Origin of Species was published in 1859. <laughs> <laughs> One Just keep going. <laughs> I could just listen to this all night. Do this for the next hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I wish I'd brought a bass. There's been... So that's the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's been a few occasions when um, I've had a few guests on. Like we, uh, we had some, we've had some amazing singers. And I'm like, I just sit there like, um, <laughs> while they do this amazing vocal. And I'm like, um, <laughs> that was another one of those moments. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> I think the neighbours were, neighbors were like, yeah. Yeah, even the neighbor checking again. See the neighbor's <laughs> window from up there. The curtains got moved. <laughs> we got some. Uh... I hope that's a good reason. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the shotgun. <laughs> Do so, the introduction, Mister A. So, welcome to podcast number twenty-three, uh, and we have the wonderful Dan Marmolinero joining us today. Hello, Dan. Hey, hi. How guys. are you today? You good? Yes, actually, really good. Really good. Excellent, excellent. So, um, this is something I ask all of our guests. Um, I think this might be a tricky one for you. 
Okay, can you in a, like maybe at one or two sentences? Can you tell, sum up what you do? I make noise and I get paid for it. <laughs> oh, okay, easy. <laughs> that was exactly two sentences. <laughs> media but, training. Right. It's media training. Noise is broad and wide. Yeah, uh, you are, and you are broad and wide. Well. No, no, Opin- no. Opinions vary. <laughs> end, end of podcast. But, 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 <laughs> you are you are audially broad and wide. Yes. Is it, would I be right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I am. Uh, I'm one of these people who do lots of different things and can't remember any of them. Neither can anyone else. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I met your sister before I met you. Yeah. Didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And um, I was chatting to Neil about this. I saw Neil Valentine, our, our last guest. Our last guest. Um, I saw him on Saturday. Um. And I think that might be 22 years ago, which is wow. insane, isn't it? Because it was because, well, maybe probably more actually. Because, so was she in the orchestra with you? Yeah, yeah, she was an okay. SYO playing trumpet. Right, right. Um, oh, she was a cracking trumpet player. Does she still play? Not really. No, not that I know of. She she dabbles in the piano every now and again. Okay, but she she was a great. Yeah, she. I used to run. I used to. I would say used to. Like I stopped doing music. <laughs> weird, really weird way to talk about your career, isn't it? Um, but in, I, in I run a past tense, right? Exactly. I, I was. You know, you'll hear me say this a lot. I don't know why I say it. Maybe it's like fear of failure. So I just anticipate it. But um, no, I um, I did. Uh, I, I run a, a youth group called uh, Southampton Youth Jazz Orchestra, and I actually started it years ago. Um, Oh my God, 25, 26 years ago. And um, in the early days, I see, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I, you know, we basically, it was me and a couple of friends kind of just decided we wanted to run a, a big band when we were 18, 17, 18. Brilliant. So we just set one up. Yeah. And in the early days, we, we did some amazing things, which even now I wish I'd really paid attention to. And one of them was we played at the Albert Hall. And, um, oh, yeah. and and Vanessa, my sister, she played trumpet in there. Amazing. So she was great. And she was the youngest youngest musician there by a long way, you know, by maybe five, six years. So, yeah. And I was in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> I remember on Neil's, I listened to Neil's one, as I said, and on Neil Valentine's one, he was saying about how everything's changed. And if I went even into some of the things that we used to get up to running that band, I mean, none of them were kind of... Uh, not all the you know all all the musicians in the band, all the young people, they loved it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, we went on tour um, to Cuba, and I'm not even sure if I should say this. I won't <laughs> name. On. I won't name names. This is just, just don't name names. This is just I yeah, because this will be change them. Change here, the here, names. This will be in the local press tomorrow. But, <laughs> but literally, uh, one of the lads in the ladettes maybe maybe let's just let's leave it open for that lost their uh passport oh, oh God. amazing because they were out getting chatted up by a hooker of course <laughs> Hold on. and they said they said, said oh she really likes me <laughs> she came she came and sat on my knee and she was chatting to me all night and we were so and just to give you an idea of where we used to go out as the band so yeah i mean that was nowadays i mean i have done we did do recent tours and they're very different. And nowadays I treat them as tours. So actually they don't get a chance to go to bars because <laughs> you get off the tour bus, we do a gig. Then you go to the hotel, you come back, you do a gig, you do a gig. By the time they leave, they're much, you know, the tiredness levels have kicked in. Yeah. So yeah, it's like eight hours on the bus, do a gig. It's funny that when you hear tour stories, it's normally people doing like music service tours when they're 16 rather than when yeah. they're professional musicians. That's where all the tales come from. <laughs> well, this, it's true. That's how I ran it originally. And then I realized it wasn't actually that helpful 
for actually the professional setting. So then I just booked a tour. And it was that point we did some a few tours, um, which really were tours. And it was like, and I, I know for a fact that it's been really helpful. But I mean, we'll talk about that band later if you want to. That that band is is something I'm massively proud of, but also always in awe of because musicians who came out of that are, I mean, like for instance, one chap, a lovely guy called Quantz Random, who you may or may not know, keyboard player, played in the band for a couple of years, maybe a year. He's now playing with Dua Lipa. Brilliant. So, oh, wow. you know, he's, or oh, Amarim. So, and there's other guys, the guys came out of it playing the Portico Quartet. There's another chap who's, um, it's just, they're just all over the place doing amazing things. Um, Jamie Cullum. Just, it's just, you know, and it's the band's just stacked full of these incredible musicians. Every year I do it, I'm just like, these young people are just insane. <laughs> um, and the whole way I run that band is as a pro band. So, we don't we don't rehearse every week. We rehearse so many rehearsals before a gig. Yeah. Right? Then we do a gig. That's right. It. And the, right. and the music is what a pro band plays. And they always look at it and go, "Oh my god." And I'm like, "Well, we can either do you know, rubbish arrangements from uh, from some sort of supermarket website or uh, <laughs> or you can ask the the musicians who are touring for the for the charts we'll play those." And uh, and it gets some, you know, it gets gets close to the bone sometimes because we have really big superstars come in and play, play us and sometimes they're like no that's not how to play the music oh right oh yeah oh that's great though, it's great it? right yeah. yeah so so and then they they raise their game and it's like you know it's great so it's been it's been it's been a real joy for me to be able to do that it got a bit the shame of the whole thing is is that lockdown really did affect yeah. that band a lot and because yeah. apart from the fact it wiped out like two years worth of um young people making making that kind of music it was, it's become incredibly difficult to rebuild it because I was going to say the momentum, momentum. right? And, so, and I don't audition and stuff. I just say if mm. you want to play, come and play. Yeah. And it, it's mm. basically the conversation we have is, do you love the music? <laughs> like literally, That's right. I ask, That's I ask them what they're into. And only then, question like, needed. All, right, yeah. totally. And, and there's like, only one answer. So some sometimes I do get people saying, "Oh yeah, I play drums and I've got like grade fifty five and and I'm going to." The Royal Academy next year, and blah blah. And I'm well, you're not really right for us. You know? yeah. And they're like, "What?" Right. <laughs> and I'm like, "Because you haven't once mentioned you love this drama. Yeah. This is who you play. This is what you'd like to do. What you just said was like a resume." And they sometimes they they realise and come back, but sometimes they'll get their mum to email and go, "Well, he's got grade fifty five. <laughs> what are you doing? He plays lead trombone in this." And I'm just like, "Yo, yeah. it's not about that, exactly, right?" Yeah, you mentioned. What I'm hearing is like, um, like a little side thing, the courageousness of youth. Yeah, you said you well, started this thing, right? You know, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, well, you know, <laughs> and playing the Royal Albert Hall. Oh man, tell me about you, it. When you're that young, and maybe you didn't think, holy shit, as much as you would now. But uh, is that just because you were young and not? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's the answer. You're, you're totally right. It's great. Um, it's great. And I think, I mean, I. It's funny. I was talking to my. Um, my wife, um, Emily, who's basically the the most important person in my life, partly because she does tell me how to get dressed and stuff like that. So I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't know what to do myself otherwise. So she's she's been amazingly supportive. But I was having this chat because I said I'm going on a podcast. She, she's like, she just looked at me because she knows I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah. She's like, why are you doing that? Neither and do I'm I. Like, <laughs> this is weird. Right? So, <laughs> revelation number. He's waiting till twenty three to tell you this. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. So, but, those, so those hits on the website. That's not cut yeah. off. <laughs> but yeah, I was just I was fascinating, and um, 
I, ju- I said this to you earlier when, when we were first chatting um, before we started pressing record. I, I really don't think about stuff that I used to do. I just, I, I live kind of in the moment and forward. It's a, I think it's a very jazz musician thing, I've realised. Jazzers live in the moment. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. No, it's great. Cool cat. It's great. <laughs> just feel it. Yeah. It's good. It's, so good, yeah, to, I'm, it's I, good to learn from the past, but you can't look yeah. forward to the past. But so, yeah, some people told me that once. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, yeah, it's yeah. good to have, it's always good to have something on the horizon. It's always good to yeah, have but I'm not, it keeps, I, you, keeps you going. Equally, I'm not particularly ambitious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just do my thing. That's perfect. I've never, I've never really actually wanted to do anything in particular. I just get on with things. Isn't it weird? Yeah, but are you, a la- you, you sound like a land on your feet kind of guy. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I know. I got a fairly hard, good work ethic. I mean, that's if, you, if that's you know, that's I work pretty hard. But if you, yeah. if you look at all the musicians that have had these long careers, they are mm. they are reinventing themselves and they are doing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. They're not legacy artists. No, that, but I wouldn't. Well, I don't know. Some are, but the the ones that we really revere are the ones that. I'll keep with the times and moving forwards and like I said, reinventing themselves. Are you talking about Madonna? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about Kylie actually. (laughs) Okay. It's a lot of parallels. I see where you went there. Yeah, yeah. The (laughs) ring. It's the dancing. (laughs) um, I don't know, but she looks a bit like an alien recently. Yeah. I'm just a bit scared. Anyway, moving on. Can I ask my favourite question? Go ahead. Um, What started it all? What was your, what's your, what's a key moment in your existence when you were a tiny nipper or whenever you were a teenager, whenever it was that made you think, oh shit, this is what I really actually love and I'm going to pursue this. Again, I, I'm not really that sure. Um, it's hard sometimes to pinpoint Well, it. yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know why I started playing saxophone and it's quite a hilarious story. I've told this before. Is that your first instrument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Sorry, it doesn't sound like it. But... No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> you, mean first, <laughs> you mean first? I mean, I mean, I mean, initial. No, initial, initial. Oh, initial. No, sorry. So you're just commenting on the standard. Do you do that every day? Do you? Can you actually play that? You actually practice that before tonight? I can understand why you don't. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. It's like, did you pick sax up first? Or no, no. So, so I played piano and recorder okay like kind of school stuff okay but, the, but this is part of the story so apparently um i was in a school something or other playing recorder um dressed as an angel for a, for a, for nativity right and my mum my mum no but this is no this is you know i'm old this would have been too you know for pre, uh, pre, 18, pre 21, right yeah so um but anyway um i uh Apparently my mum went along with, with my, you know, and saw it and she was like, you look ridiculous. And rather than <laughs> you look ridiculous, you shouldn't be an angel. Thanks, you, mum. You look ridiculous. We need another instrument. <laughs> Could still be an angel. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So she, she got me a saxophone, which I kind of, I mean, I taught myself sax. So by ear and stuff. Wow. Um, and then I had a couple of really lovely teachers, but they were similarly, they were kind of much more interested in like, just they gave me tapes to listen to. So, uh, you know, I was young listening to like Charlie Parker and trying to learn all the solos before I really knew what I was doing. Like, did you understand Charlie Parker's music back then or? Well, I loved it. Loved it. Still yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah exactly. I, still cool. love it. I still love it. And I went through a phase of thinking it was really cheesy to like it. So I pretended not to, but actually I've always loved it to pieces. Oh, perfect. So, um, so yeah. And, and you, yeah, it's like all music you go through different stages in life of liking the same thing and then getting more out of it. Yeah. I heard your conversation about chilies last week, and yeah, I, yeah. I have a similar similar one about all sorts of 
records that I listen to, where I listen to them when I'm young, I listen to them slightly older, and listen to them now, and I get something out of them every time. That's it. That's it. But um, yeah, I mean that's and then and then basically I spent A level really struggling with the with the mechanics of music. I forced myself to learn certain mechanics that I didn't know, so I had to put things in. And I reckon even during most of my degree, I was still putting stuff together that was technical that classical musicians always had. But then I knew I I, I knew that was the easy part for me. Cause like the difficult part is actually being able to just play anything you hear, compose yeah. on the spot and all okay, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's much more difficult skill to just try and learn. It takes well it takes longer. It's not more difficult, it just takes longer to absorb, right? So it's easier to learn to do the reading and stuff because that's just a black or white thing. What note is that? Is that, is yeah, exactly, that? Yeah, how do you it. interpret that? Is that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, so, like, yeah. But yeah. That's, that an was, av- that's an avenue. Of, I think that's where we differ a bit because I compl- well, me and you, Aidan, you learned, you're brilliant at theory. You're incredible. And I'm oh, Thank sh- you very much. And I'm shit. <laughs> but you, you can be great at theory <laughs> I could, and, and, not, I, and not, I, not, not understand it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. well, not form. So, oh, we're getting totally into like a <laughs> off the rails pedagogical discussion. <laughs> but, but, um, but there's there's no reason. I mean, like at the at the university, I teach theory. Right, okay. But I, I, you know, because like us jazzers, I but mean, you- honestly, if you if you want this podcast to go like to really stack it and go down <laughs> i can talk harmony at you for- <laughs> people will fall asleep i'm telling you right now this will be known as the sleeping podcast i've got a, a mate of mine andy fisher who i told you about earlier and literally when we're in the pub we talk about chords <laughs> and people know not to sit next to us <laughs> you know we get excited about it. we write down chords on on the back of bar mats and <laughs> And someone comes to sit down <laughs> after us, they probably think it's some sort of weird atomic code. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the Russians have been here again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that bar mat, there's poison on it. Poison, yeah. <laughs> Could tell by the way in which they put the flat seven in. <laughs> so you must have learned it hardcore and you must have really crammed it in then, okay? Yeah. Because, because uh, to be able to teach it at degree level, yeah. but then you're saying you didn't really approach it until A so level. late, yeah, I was A-level, quite, A-level, 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 yeah, so... I mean that that formalizing of it. To be honest, it was all in my ears, right? Okay. So, so okay. I could understand what was going on. I just couldn't say what was going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, verbalizing. Yeah. What you knew. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it must be. I know there's always this analogy about languages, but it must be fairly similar if you learn a language by ear. Um, to be able. So, so I'm I'm half Spanish, and I used to be able to speak Spanish quite well, but I could never write it particularly well. No. Because my dad used to speak Spanish to me all the time. And so I could understand, I could, you know, I'm still fairly, fairly good at understanding everything. I could, when I get my, my game in, I'm better at speaking it, but I can't write it. I can't mm. do that. And, and that's, it's not that I can't communicate. It's just that I can't formalize. And it's one thing I wish I could do better. Yeah. yeah. We're getting into the, the Victor Wooten analogy, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Which is that music is a language and. Right. And there's a difference between writing it and reading it. And yeah, you know. it's all interpretation, right? Mm. So. But anyway, that's yeah. No, it's cool. So the saxophone. Yeah. Thanks, mum. Thanks, mum. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Didn't look back. Well, I kind of played it, and uh, I wanted to be a footballer, obviously, like everyone did. <laughs> and then when I realised I was never going to be a footballer, it was the next best thing, wasn't it? I see that that would work, right? <laughs> 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 by the way, I'd love to do. Oh my god! I'd, one of the things I'd love to know how to do is do 
Like, oh man, that's what I've been doing yeah. all day. Is it really? I've been building a, um, I've been building a facade for the, swap? for the front of a school. Yeah, really? been, yeah, all timber. See now, frames, now I'm interested. Stuff. Let's not talk about music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's like, yeah, it's funny how. Uh, yeah. yeah, I never thought I'd fall into that either, to be honest. But yeah, yeah it's just what happens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, see, you've got a trade. I just muck about. Well, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's really weird, like how it happens, and that it, I just got into it, and I was lucky because I had, I had an, I was at. Um, a school in Southampton called Cantel, which is notorious for all, all sorts of reasons. But one thing that people don't realise is Cantel had the most amazing music department, most of the 90s, some of the early still, 2000s. I'm there three times a week. It's still, right. still really good. It's still great. And, and the people to come out of that department are just insane. And, you know, there's famous people. You would like Alt-J, uh, Will Champion, who plays in Coldplay. All right. Uh, all sorts of really well-known people. Portico guys. Um, I love that band. Yeah. Portico Quartet. So, so they came out there as well, right? Oh, wow. And, and I was lucky enough, and it was the two chaps, a chap called Ian Townsend and John Hall, who were just total radicals. So I remember distinctly not having any idea what I was meant to do for my GCSE. They just said, just make some music and we'll make it work. And they did. <laughs> but, but their approach was, here's real music, play real music. It was, it was, you'd never get away. In fact, I know for a fact, and again, I have no qualms about saying this because it was disgraceful, but... Uh, uh, Mr. Townsend, as I knew, he left quite early on. But uh, John Hall, who was inspirational, and you talk to most musicians who to come from the city who knew him, who was an inspirational teacher, he got pushed out because he didn't do his paperwork right. <sighs> right? It's just like, what well, was some, that? That sums a lot of things up, really. Right? Yeah, and my, I, I'm, I'm totally against that. That's my sister not... says the same thing. Yeah. She says she wants, she got into teaching because she wanted to teach. Yeah. And yet she's just ticking boxes and, it was and, awful, and doing man. paperwork. She just. It's, it's not right. right. And it, it's, and it's right. a real shame because like, well, I think it's a shame about every subject. Don't get me wrong. This yeah. doesn't, I, it worries me that people think it's only creative subjects where people can be like Maverick. It's like, if you don't have Mavericks, there's no Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so, but I, I just think that the, the way in which they allowed us to be, to explore, you know, it wasn't a matter of like meeting things. And that's, you know, I, I, again, I've, I've done all I've done all that in my time, and I was in the formal education sector for a bit, and that's why I stopped doing it. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, again, the people around me were lovely, but the system was horrible. Yeah, and it was a very difficult time for me because I, I, I had to decide between playing to the system and meeting what the system required, or servicing music. Yeah. Which yeah. ultimately is what the, what the young people, the students wanted me to. Yeah. The yeah. uni's great because, like, I mean, I'm blessed to work at the uni because because I'm, I'm I work in People's Republic of Music at the uni, and it's a it's just like this maverick department full of amazing mu <laughs> musicians. They're all wonderful musicians, really nice people, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it, it, when you're there, you get you get you're trusted from the minute you get there to be able to deliver interesting and appropriate stuff mm -hmm. i mean obviously you've got to keep tabs on what you're doing you oh, can't, yeah, you can't yeah. just go completely nuts but <laughs> um yeah it's just because so i can then say well this is what i'm doing on a saturday or sunday at the weekends i'll teach it to you this week yeah it's perfect you know you do the same water bear right yeah so, so yeah it's it's just that's so what, but at that, at that age that's what they want because, right. because it's the next step for them isn't right. it so they, they want the real life experience and but also the freedom to be able to experiment as well right yeah and I think that's that's the wonderful thing about what I do is that essentially anything is correct. Yeah. 
I'll say that hopefully. Knowing that you've <laughs> well, it is, well it, is, it is because you've, you've lived through it and you've done it. So yeah. therefore, it's, it's real life and it's correct. Yeah, you absolutely. hope so, right? And uh, don't fear mistakes there are none. As Miles, as Miles Davis once said, <laughs> he, there was other words in there, but I won't. <laughs> so the, 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 so yeah. That will become an E on the podcast. The impersonation was enough for me. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it really isn't. It. Mother. <laughs> Something else. Right? I'm curious as to how things have changed, or if maybe they haven't changed, from back when you were... You pursued music through school. I didn't mm. get. I didn't get the opportunity to. I didn't understand it. I didn't right, comprehend right. it. My music teacher was um, used to get a guy called Matty Ogden to play the piano because she was too lazy oh, to do yeah, it herself. I heard this story. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And he yeah. and we'd knock out Beatles songs. You know what I mean? And Maxwell, Maxwell, similar. That's, that's it. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Every bloody week. So, yeah. but, I'm, but that's my. That's what I say. I'm, I, I am that broken record. Um, <laughs> but that's but, a good tune, by the way. Yeah, it's a cracking tune. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't think shit. I can be a musician yeah, from yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you guys well, did, in a in a way. You know. What yeah. I mean? Well, I'm not sure because you did a musical degree as well, didn't you? You did. You went yeah. into yeah, exactly. Oh, I, that. Did, I did my music I, degree I just, by accident. I didn't. I, yeah. My mine was totally by accident. Um, my first degree. <laughs> my first degree. <laughs> Why? So, so, God, I went full full Waitrose there. Um, <laughs> the uh, sorry to those of you shopping Waitrose. Uh, <laughs> You know, there are other places like Marks and Spencer's available. Um, the, um, yeah, I, I, the, 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 when I, so, so why, why I got into music is, and actually to be fair, it's, it's happening again, but, but I grew up in Southampton, then moved away and then came back. Right? right. And when I grew up, there was an incredible music scene. So there was loads of gigs. So I was getting gigs, 15, 16 year old doing professional gigs on the circuit and what would happen was people who I thought were really old were probably the same age as I am. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. That's were it. like giving me gigs and I was getting to go you know, I was gigging all sorts of places around the city, um doing jazz gigs, doing pop gigs, sometimes doing some orchestral sitting in just to to see how it went on. Even though I couldn't read very well, they they still trusted me to go and sit in on some of the they got some scratch orchestras and stuff. And um yeah, basically that it was I was just really excited because I don't think that happens as much anymore. No. I think and part of the reason is well, it's twofold. First of all, like, times have changed. And, and when I was growing up, you literally could go away from the house for eight, nine, ten hours and no one would care. And as long as you were back in time for dinner, yeah. that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, dark. as long as you're back in time for the last bus or whatever, that was yeah. cool as well, right? Um, I think it's different now. But the second thing I think really changed is that there's that, anxiety to always be perfect which which has come with social media which as i explained to you i I finally joined after can we blame the internet well we we kind of can a little bit because everyone has to be perfect Mm. everything's recorded now yeah so everyone's got a phone out now so you can't make a mistake i must be it's also the the curation (laughs) aspect of it (laughs) but yeah i mean people only upload the best i mean what you see of this amazing saxophone player was probably take 379 but that's that's what they did but if you go and do a gig other people film it and put it up i see yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's the where the anxiety comes from yeah. if you're in control of your own thing it's cool yeah but, um, yeah but now i mean I, it's, yeah. the, it's the saturation as well the right? sheer amount of people like back in the day if you were like i remember taking up the bass back in the day and i was like the only bass player in the village you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, and i felt yeah. special i felt a little bit like yay you yeah. know and feel a bit different it's nice i like that yeah nowadays jesus yeah. You know what I mean? You can't help but see a million other people doing yeah. it better than you. And it's like, you can't let that get in your head. Yeah. 
It's true, really, man. You can't let that phase you out. You've got to keep going. You've got to carry on. And it, that's bloody hard well, for also, some people. Also, a lot. I mean, and this is the great thing about the internet. There are some good things. Oh, about of course. It, yeah. You know, like, like cats on on uh, skateboards and yeah. stuff. But um, <laughs> the uh, the one of the, one of the good things is 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 the the availability of stuff to learn from. Mm. So that's another reason. But I I learned just about everything. This is why I didn't know what I was doing. Noah. I learned just about everything I was doing from the bandstand. So I would turn up and some experienced chap would say to me, right, we're doing this. This is where you start. This is how you do it. And that was it. And I had to remember that stuff. If I didn't remember it, I was in trouble for the next gig. <laughs> there was no like PDF no, something see, or other, yeah, or yeah. there was no like, you know, no no video or there was no, quite often wasn't a recording. You were lucky if you got something on tape that was grainy. So you had to remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then, um, and then the other side of it was that, there was a community and a real kind of respect amongst the community for that process. So, and I don't think that's gone. I just think it's more difficult to discover nowadays. So, which is why I, before, again, before we started chatting on, on, on the red button here, um, I was talking about Luke who plays in your band, right? And Luke, I want to give more gigs to, cause he's at the place where he should be doing as many gigs as he possibly can mm -hmm. to learn that side of things. And I feel like it's my responsibility now to pass it on. It's, it's like if, if we, as I'm going to say this out loud and then cry, if we, <laughs> as the elders of the community aren't doing that kind of stuff, then the music dies. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's so much about the music being passed on. And that's, it's something I got when I was very young, I was very lucky to have, a couple of really great jazz musicians, like really killer ones, support me when I was younger. Um, and uh, there was a guy, was, I don't know if you've heard of his uh, pianist called Julian Joseph. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Julian was amazing to me when I was younger. Um, really supportive, really helpful, got me doing stuff with him. And and um, and his brother James, who's a fabulous man as well. I mean, that whole family were really good to me. And there was a few others at the time who, you know, and all I learned from that was that you need to be generous yeah. at some point, if not always, <laughs> uh, to, uh, you know, you need to pay back. Yeah. And it's part of, the, part of what you do. And I think that's, I've never met a really good musician who isn't that. Absolutely never. Yeah. It's always the, the, the best musicians I've met. And I've been really lucky to meet and work with some of the top level musicians in, in some in the world, right? Are wonderful people yeah. who are the, just the most generous people. And often, they're the ones who want to come and help and want to cut and they don't have the time, but they'll still do it. Um, it's very few people I've ever met who I really didn't like working with who were good. Mm. Um, I wonder that that side of their personality is also linked to the, the good musicianship and expression and yeah. getting through to people with, with your playing as well as yeah. being as well as the character side of your personality. Maybe. I mean, it's a really good question. I've not, I've not considered it like that, but that's a really good question. It's easier to be nice when you're good at something, right? Uh, but the other side of it is, is that I think, I think there's a positivity that comes from. So if, if you want to achieve something, not perfection is the wrong word, but if you want to get to a point where, where you are aiming for what you really can hear and want to do, you have to be positive about it. Mm. Cause if you keep beating yourself up about it, you're actually going to go backwards. Yeah. So you have to keep trying and you know, it's that thing of like, keep going, keep going. And, and I really genuinely believe there are no mistakes. I know that sounds ridiculous. I shouldn't say this if I'm teaching uni students and marketing. But, <laughs> um, there, really, there really is a point for me where it's like the, the art is what matters. The music's what matters. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's no one's, I, I, again, I do say this to my uni students. 
So they know this. But I always say to them, like, no one's ever going to ask you what mark you get. Were you yeah. ever asked what mark you got for playing music? I've, I've never had to waive my grade eight certificate ever, from anyone. Right? <laughs> and you've been playing what? You've been playing professionally what? 10, 15 years? No, right? Yeah, yeah, even longer. Yeah, probably five years, right? <laughs> right, never, right? Not once, right? They t- right? Everyone tells you it's the most important thing you mark. I've never been asked once. No. And and uh, the first first lesson I do, I say to them, if you ever need your music degree, it's because you're not working in music. <laughs> and they look at me like this. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> I'm forking true, out all this money for, for what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 because they get to, you know I, I charge nine grand a year to hang out with me, dude. That's it. Ah. That's what that's about. We get this for free. Yeah, really. I know. Oh, oh, it's free. Okay, see, I'm out. No, no. I, wait, wait, you got the beer. That was the sound of the door. No, you're right. As as ah, cheesy is a horrible word, but like. It does. Music is all that matters. You know, yeah. I mean, it really is. That's the bottom line, isn't it's it? It's passing on that. that yeah, that's a lovely thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a lovely thing. So yeah, mm. right. Well, that was a really great interview. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. We, yeah, pleasure, we played with Portico Corset. Do you remember? Did you? Talking Heads. As a Talking Heads. Did you play with him? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, because it's Milo, Milo and Jack who used yeah, to yeah. play with. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, lovely guys. And then, so we supported them. We were on before them. We just had a new album out. For what? And I gave it to him and said, you know, can you have a listen? Because we're really proud of this. We think it's really good. Yeah. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll do a swap. Here's our album. Uh, it's just been nominated for the Mercury Musical. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Was, that, was sh- that Milo who said that? It might have been, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, was, I was like, okay, yeah, you win. <laughs> ours, has just been, ours has just been nominated for 500 copies still in my mum's attic. <laughs> they're lovely people, those. Oh, oh, yeah. We saw them at the Roundhouse. Oh, so they're, they're mesmerising. The, what's the hang? The hang, yeah. Oh, amazing. I was just like, that's mesmerising. It's just hypnotic. It's beautiful. I love that band. Really yeah, they're great. It. They're really nice people as well. And, that's great. Um, they're very creative. So they were in that youth jazz orchestra. There you go. Yeah. That's great. They came out of that and then ended up doing madnesses. But yeah, and then we did a gig with them. So I got the I got the the youth jazz orchestra to gig with them. So we did oh, like brilliant. full big band with Portugal. Full circle. Oh, wow. It's it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Um, again, it, I only know this because I googled it today. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, um, so, I'll find the link and I'll stick it in the description. Well, you feel yeah. free, but um. Yeah, the, the sound quality is it's obviously like a camera phone at the back of the Turner Sims. That's so. cool. That's all right. So, yeah, <laughs> Do love the Turner Sims. And that's just me. <laughs> can I... Um, yeah. You're, you're going to hate this. Go on, try me. But can I pick your brains on some of the people you've worked with? Oh, I am going to hate this. <laughs> Go ahead. Who, who we got? Name, um, well, I've got a list. Name, uh, well, Aiden. yeah, maybe Aiden should do it then. So, yeah, so I, you well, don't I'll have to give it the old... What's <laughs> okay. Aiden Hanson? Now, my... Um, my stepdaughter Casey is fifteen. Yeah, um, and one of the people you work with, she is pretty much madly in love with, and she saw him at the bit recently. And apparently, according to Kelly, she was just mental the whole time. Going, <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> um, it's, it's Craig David. What Double O Seven? Daniel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Craig. So he's, he's Hampton, isn't he? Of course, Did he, he is. Yeah, yeah, he I, is I, I, as well. Well, I, yeah. I, What's I the story? Well, I first got to know Craig. Oh my God! <laughs> so, so as I said, my 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 career. I, 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 it's probably not on the podcast, but when I sent you a message back, I said my career is like a massive varied mess. <laughs> and and um, I mean, I always forget what I've done, partly because, and this is going to sound really kind of blase, but I've done a lot of things. Well, that's it. You don't and, you and sound like you do so. Do much. all sorts. I've done all sorts of things, and, yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. just some things that stick with. I mean, Craig. See, see, there was a time when everyone in Southampton knows Craig, knew Craig, and then uh, and now everyone knows Craig. Everyone's got a Craig story. But Craig was um, one of the most hardworking young people I'd ever met. Um, I was 
Oh my god, 1996. This must have been 97, right about then. I was doing. I was so you know we just talked about what I, how I got into music. Yeah. I was just kind of gigging around the area. Then there was a really cool dude called Tony Briscoe who was a keyboard player. He was kind of like very cool. Played loads of great gigs. I got in with him. He introduced me to some of the uni students. So I was 17, 18 playing with these uni students. So obviously that was like kudos for me, man. Cool. You know, these cool. people, they can drink, yeah. right? <laughs> they can buy they, you a drink. They have a car. That's why they don't have a car because they're musicians. One has a car and they all share the car, right? <laughs> and, uh, and But anyway, one of the, there was a few amazing musicians at that time um, in, the, in this city. And one was a guy called Mark Hill. Mark Hill is... I don't know if he still is, but he was he was and is the Artful Dodger. And he's the guy who wrote all the famous Artful Dodger. Rewind. Right, he wrote yeah. that. He wrote Fill Me In with, with Craig, obviously, but he also wrote all the Artful Dodger stuff, right? And um, this was before, so this is before that period. But Mark owned a studio with another guy called Neil in Ocean Village, which is opposite where the old cinema is. So the, you know the- um, I know it. I remember yeah. it. So I used to spend a lot of time there. A lot of time there. there you he used go. to go underground- and you said, and and there was a couple of lads that used to go in there fairly often to record because I can't remember. I think that one of their mums paid for them to do some recording. Um, and one guy was called Aaron, who's become a guy called Aaron Soul, who's another amazing singer. He got he was the first UK act to get signed to Def Jam Records. Oh man! And then it kind of didn't work, but he's he's local to the city as well. If you check out Aaron Soul, so this is like late nineties, right? And then there was another chap called Craig who did a bit of really bad drumming. And uh, a bit of emceeing and rapping and stuff. Um, and he used to run loads of really great nights um, up and down the area. Um, and he was just like a force of nature. For, he was, I mean, he must have been 14, 15, maybe a bit older. But he was young, right? This young, cool dude. And they, and Aaron and him could obviously sing, right? And they, I don't know, I'll probably get sued now by <laughs> Craig. And they made a record called G&G, which is like this amazing... I've got it somewhere and I really want to find it because then I could probably get it paid to not play it, mm-hmm. um, which was this kind of new Jack swing. Kind oh, of, right. It was okay. great. It was a really good record, but like they made this thing called G- gangster and gangster from Southampton. So that was that. So I, you know, I knew Craig from there and he was in out the studio and then Mark started putting it together as a project. Um, uh, and the whole thing took off with rewind which was a massive hit, um, as you know. Uh, and I, I believe they would have gone number one, but they ran out of copies. Uh. And it would have gone number one for the Millennium, I think it was. Oh, right. So it would have beaten uh, Cliff Richard, yeah. but they ran out of copies to sell. Oh, wow. So they sold the entire batch of copies and because in those days it was all physical, right? No streaming. Oh, my God. No podcasts. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> the radio. And... Um, yeah, so that was that happened, and then everything changed. Um, yeah, so Craig, so so I then you know, fast forward rather than rewind. Fast forward, <laughs> fast, fast, fast forward. forward. <laughs> it's not the same ring, does it? No, not quite there. Fast forward a bit, and then and then I was I worked with Mark for a bit, um, and he was I mean he was amazing to me. He was so supportive of me as a musician, as a songwriter, um, and it was fun times, man. He was like. He was an inspirational musician, an inspirational person, 
and we we ended up working not far from where we are now in a manor house in in Ealing. All right. Oh. Uh, and yeah. there was a massive. It was called the Manor Studios. We started off in Ocean Village. It's not River Studios now, is it? Or is that no, no, that's, that's a different place. So, okay. so yeah, the similarities. But no, it's a, it's, it's a big manor house in in the um, in Ealing. Okay. And uh, and Craig was recording one of his newer records, and uh, I was lucky enough to get a cut on it. A cut, sorry, a cut. So songwriter language for one of one of your tunes on it, right? It's because I used to cut it on the lathe. That's why it's called a cut. Um, <laughs> true story. So yeah, but the, I mean, Craig's a lovely, lovely person. Um, is he, he still? Is he still working on? I don't yeah, so well, he's very. He's very not good at FIFA because I used to <laughs> rinse him. <laughs> He'll never admit to that, but yeah, we used to have a lot of FIFA games. So yeah, I knew when he was younger, and as he got older, and I haven't, I haven't spoken to him for ages, ages and ages and ages, and. Um, yeah, he was a lovely chap. And yeah. they, they came here. I remember my sister always tells a story of I invited him round for my sister's birthday party. She had it. Vanessa, she had a birthday party in my mum's house, barbecue. And Craig, Craig came round just to say hello because he was a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I, I mean, he had a bit of a dip in in what he did um, for all sorts of reasons. Um, that's what happens in music, right? Yeah. And I'm really pleased he's doing well again because yeah. he's... Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's one. His vocals are amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, this is the one thing I people don't realize how good he is, right? Yeah. So it's it's really interesting because like people think pop music, not good. Blah blah blah. This I call this. His vocals are ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's as good a singer as I've ever heard. Yeah. He doesn't use things like auto tune. You've been he's, in the room while he's I've laying them down. I've seen him do it, and I've just it's and jaw it's just, dropping. Yeah. And and as somebody who's like a highbrow jazz musician, right? He is insane as he's a singer. On, on I mean, he's he's he can he does this thing which almost sounds like auto tune because he can go so so he can go from a high note to a low note really easily. Oh, yeah. And people are like, "Oh, that's that must be auto tune." No, that he can just sing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he does. But and, the problem is that you know? people know auto tune exists. So they don't believe it, do they? No, no. It's really it's really weird. Like because that's the sound, and actually the sound of his voice doing that sounds like it. But he's. Honestly, he's he's one of the most skilled singers I have ever wow. heard, and I've again I've been really lucky to work with some really amazing ones. So, mm. um, yeah, um, I remember distinctly watching him record a session in. There used to be an old um, studio in Farnham, which oh. was where I think it was Zeppelin did an album. Where they, it was it the one with the, with the Crash oh, the Grange something Grange. yeah yeah Grange yeah the Grange uh, it might be the Grange something yeah yeah, yeah another one yeah. so he was recording an album there and I just like literally just watched him record a, a, it was it was jaw dropping yeah. it was uh, so anyway so so yeah so Craig's top guy um um who I don't really speak to anymore because he's mega famous now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he doesn't I, re- yeah. I reckon we can play 30 seconds of it what do you think yeah of, of what of that yeah I reckon we'll get away with go it go ahead Sorry. yeah yeah I, um, all right so it's, what, so hang on so this it's, you wrote this I no, wrote this there's a story it, behind or? this I wrote, I wrote the track um, I did it with Mark and um and then Craig just worked out the top the, yeah. sorry, top line. I'm going to use all these. So, so I will explain. I'm, I've gone into full <laughs> teacher mood. Top top line is melody and lyrics. Okay. So there was a you know there's a little bit of help from Mark from the top line and stuff, but um, there is a story behind this. I actually wrote this originally for Lamar. Do you know? Remember yeah, the yeah, yeah. Singer? So we did it for Lamar, and then it didn't kind of work for him. So we then moved it, and then Craig rewrote it, um, and then they didn't put my name on the album because they forgot. <laughs> 
so I get, I get royalties for it, but no one realizes. I re- so if you actually click on the click on the credits, there they got the wrong person credited for writing it. True, st- true story. Amazing. They got Mark. They got Craig and someone else. So I was just like, this is the story of my life, dude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so yeah, but um, I'm just grateful that I, I mean, to be honest, like you imagine the amount of people that might want to do this in their life. And I'm yeah, just, I'm massively grateful that I even get. Yeah, that's it, be- that's know? beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you know? that's blessed, isn't it? That's, right. That's, yeah. All right, should we, should we put it on? Yeah, go. Okay, here we go. Here we So the guitarist is me. That's is that was going to be my question. But you wrote that I played on, it. Did, I played it so badly <laughs> that Mark then came in and did it like a million times better than me. <laughs> but you so wrote it on the guitar. I started to write it, and then Mark just took it over, and made it sound great. And it was actually that was the story. There was actually a tune which I can't find, which I know was it was recorded by a girl called Tamara Gray, who was one of my. You probably never heard of her, but she came second in the American Pop Idol to. Um, Oh, Kelly Clarkson. All right. Was it Kelly Clarkson one pop idol? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um and she was this amazing vocalist. Um and I think she only ever did one record. And I wrote uh, a tune with uh, with this another one. So the local musician thing counts in this. Sorry, I've realized I've gone away from the question. <laughs> totally gone away from it. But the um there was there was a few of us. We were kind of local-ish. We all had roots in Southampton. And one of the um people I worked with loads was, was this amazing songwriter called Ruth Fung. And Ruth was, um, 
she's probably one of the most talented people I've ever met. She had this knack for um, just picking up, um, picking up a track and picking up an idea and just bringing the life out of it melodically, especially, but also lyrically. Yeah. And we wrote this tune called Say a Word and I played the guitar on it. And my guitar playing is second to everybody. <laughs> so I got a compliment from, um, do you know, um, JD, do you know JD? The yeah, guitar? Yeah. So JD said to me, so he's an, he's an amazing local guitar player, right. but local, he's like, he's an amazing guitar player, he's played everywhere. He said, that was, because he had to re-record it for something else. He said, that was really difficult. How did you do that? And I was like, <laughs> my technique is appalling. Yeah. So, because I'm self-taught on guitar. You so, do what, yeah, you do So what he you does know. it properly. And that was probably, I said to him, that's probably one of the most heartwarming things I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, the, yeah, so so Mark created this, this um, really exciting collective of people. We all had roots. Within the within the area, but I'm, I tended to play everything. So I played. I, if I didn't play bass, Mark did, um, but I did on a few things, programmed the drums or played them in. Um, so obviously, did the horn lines and stuff who, like that. Who played the? Um... Oh, that's Mark. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Is me. It? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There you go, oh see. man, he's a he's got skills. That like... bloody guitar line. I've been playing that since it came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> that's, that's he he did all that all that stuff on um. I can't remember what the what's the album called that that first album is it called Fill Me In is it, I, that, is it that one yeah I'm holding my hand to my headphones and listening I can't, I can't, it's awful I should know but anyway he did all of that that was him on all of it it was him and Craig so right. ev- everything was just him and Craig did all the vocals I, I suspect they worked together with some of the programming and Mark played all the instruments on that um, and um, yeah I mean like yeah he's, he was he, you know he is he was a genius and um it was great to work with him. I learned so much from about, you know, this. I'm I'm very lucky in my career. One of the things I often do, I talk it down, right? <laughs> but actually, I've been in a place where I've sat in the room with people who are the best at what they do. And what he did was be able to find a concise way of ex- just finding some sort of hook. He was the, the I mean, that thing you just played, right? Yeah. That hook is so that's simple. Stuck, that's stuck in my head since 1990, whatever. I mean, that, that, that thing on the back of that backing track thing, I didn't do that. That, that, that bit was um, the little twiddle in the background. That's not me. That was Mark's idea. And it was just irritating how easily he found that. And it took, you know, it's like, you know, I was like, oh, it's, God, it's, it's got these changes. Let's try this, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, like we were t- you were saying, we were saying in the break, um, yeah. a lot of people write pop music off. Mm. But. It's a bloody. You've got a I'm, short amount of time, yeah, to suck yeah, a, yeah. a lot of people in. It's it's some good skills there, you know. It's, I, it's, I mean, for me, man, it's like, and I know this is a cliche. radio friendly lens, you know. I, I just think it's a cliche, but it's true. There's good music and there's bad music, mm. and and I am not one of these people who come down on anything to say it's bad, unless it's. I see what I don't like is genericism. I don't like. I don't like second-rate versions of stuff that have a first-rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I like people to explore themselves and do the thing that they're doing and really find out what they're about. But um, yeah, every music's difficult if you're going to do well. Yeah, if you're going to be good at something, you've got to work hard, right? That's it. So you know, that's 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 the the mantra. There you go. Right, that's good advice, right there, isn't it? That yeah. Is it. yeah right. It. Thanks very much for having me. Right. <laughs> Second time tonight. I'm here. Drew it all down to that. Yeah, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm here all week. Yeah. Yeah. You can find all of this in fortune cookies. From- <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. Okay. So we were talking about Luke Montgomery earlier. Yeah. Um. And I saw him. I gigged with him on Saturday. 
and I drove him to the gig and we were chatting about the podcast. Yeah. And he said, he said, I've always, I've got some stuff I've always wanted to ask Dan. Oh my God. I was like, Tell okay. him I'm married. Okay. <laughs> well, the, well, I said, okay, what's that? And he said, well, he said, well, question number one is who, who is your favorite student and why is it Luke Montgomery? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so wide of the mark there. <laughs> oh, you will be listening to this. I don't have Hello, any Luke. favorite Hello, students because I hate them all. <laughs> um, but then, okay, but then he did actually, yeah. did, I, uh, he, I said, give me something that I can actually ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, give me something well, this real. Is like, this is like okay. pop music theory. Oh, right. so, we so, so we're going to glimpse up the wizard's sleeve here. I'm going I'm to pause the recording then play okay. and drop it back in. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to pause. Hi, Dan. It's Luke Montgomery here. Um, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed playing your big band compositions over lockdown and at recent gigs. Um, I was just wondering... What reasons did you have for waiting so long before releasing your work? And how do you find the balance between striving for your own creative goals versus working and writing for other people? I love that. That's, good. That's a good question, isn't it? So it's a great question. It's a bit like this is your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to walk in though. This is Luke Montgomery here from Millwall. Uh, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not just saying this because um, because he's made that point there so eloquently and beautifully, but Luke is like one of the best musicians I've ever met. And um, I just don't want you to be better than me, Luke, because I'm going to lose all my work. So just make that, make that absolutely clear. No, he's been, he's, he was an absolute joy to work with. I never say teach because we bounced off each other so much. So um, how, great question. How, how old is Luke? Um is well, he... I'm hoping he's like 50-something, but I've got a feeling he's more like 22, which yeah. is really worrying. Um, yeah. He slept in that sleeping bag you, you, you're sitting oh, in. Right yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Essence I of mean, Luke. Essence of Luke. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm trying to find something bad about him, but I'll come back to that. But yeah. It might um, be the essence of Luke. What, I mean, that's very, ni- <laughs> very, very nice of Luke to say uh, those kind things. Um, I, the the The... Two things he asked. The first was about why did it take me so long? Um, I wish it was like one of these kind of crazy creative answers, but the real reason is, is like when you get to a certain point in your career, and this is this is pretty pretty brutal, but it's true, um, you have to prioritise certain things that make more money than your own work. Mm-hmm. So I have a family. I have to make sure that they eat. Um, well, that I eat. I mean, you know, obviously I always come first. And, uh, you know, they can have my scraps. But there's certain things where, you know, I, I, I do music as a job and I've always said that to people. And so, therefore, I have a several creative things that I do that just haven't seen the light of day. Um, I've got at least two albums that I've put together that no one knows about. Exclusive. More. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a couple of projects which I've meant to finish off that I've never got around to doing, um, which are probably now a bit late in terms of the way in which the the kind of scene has gone. Are you uh, like so, me and a world class procrastinator? No, no, I get loads. I get loads get done. Those I just done. Don't, so I, at the well, moment good, the the, the, the album ethic. the album that Luke's talking about is finished and done and mastered. I just haven't released it, so it's done. It's ready to go. All right. And um, the reason why I haven't is because. I need to do other things and I, I am very busy as a person and as a musician and I wish I had more time in life. I mean, if I won the lottery, I would prioritize. Yeah. And that, you know, really would. Um, but my priorities tend to focus first of all on making sure that I can, you know, fulfill my obligations as a member of society, especially to my family. Yep. Secondly, that I make sure that my students 
whether those at the university or with the youth jazz orchestra have the best opportunities ever to become musicians because I'm doing it. So I don't need to. And thirdly, so the third thing that then comes into it is how can I support this anyway? So fourth would be Dan gets his great ideas out there, right? (laughs) Which is very nice that people want to hear them. And also I feel for the guys in the band who've been waiting the best part of 18 months for this record. (laughs) Sorry guys. And I'm sorry. And I know you email me and text me and stuff. Um, Anyway, so that's why the second thing is the creative ideas and stuff like that. I got to be really careful because I taught Luke. I tend to just sit down at the piano or with an instrument and just work through stuff. And I very much think that writing music is like practicing music in the sense that you have to do loads of it to find the gem. Mm-hmm. And um, Wheat from the chaff. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not very good at letting go. The, one, the tune that I've, I've sent to you, which we, maybe this would be a good time to play it, oh, okay. um, is on the album which, by the way, will be the first time anyone in the general public has ever heard it. Partly because the, the main reason being that I haven't got round to doing anything with it. Um, and that took me three years to write. Wow. And the reason it took me three years was because I was hypercritical, but also I knew what I wanted and I couldn't quite get there. And it took me that long to get to the point. I actually had the end written fairly quickly. And I had, there was bits of the middle that I wrote that I didn't like and I swapped out. And then there was a bits of the beginning I wrote and I didn't like and I swapped out. And it was a bit like um, a jigsaw. I was yeah. like, what fits, what doesn't, this is. And a lot of it was about making sure that it was editing in the same way you do when you're producing, the same way you do when you're playing. And so, you know, and so I just did a lot of editing. And um, it's a very personal tune that from the one you're going to hear. It's written, it was written for my wife and it was written in a way in which it was very it's very expressive music even though there's no words and uh i think it's quite powerful as well yeah. and i didn't want it to be throwaway and my view very much of music the way i write it now i used to write loads i used to write when i was working doing all this fabulous songwriting stuff i said was you see i did that again right <laughs> i'm still writing as a, still work as a songwriter but it's like i've just i've just killed my career um when i was when, but when i was doing that i was doing 10 12 songs a week uh, and so by the end of the month, I'd be looking and going, you know, I was notorious for writing loads of songs. I'd look and go, there's three here that I like. Yeah. Right. Now I'm much more about really clamping onto something. It's a, it's a quality over quantity almost. And, and you know, you earlier you said naivety. Um, it's that. Okay. So Carl, you were right. I was completely naive at the beginning. So I just thought everything I wrote was amazing. So I just kept it. Now I'm like the complete opposite. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not anxious about this because I don't, I, I'm really strong. I said to you before, I have no ambition in, in, in generally in life. No, my ambition in life is to sit down in somewhere in Italy or France or Spain with a nice glass of wine and look out at the sea. But you still have, a, but you have a <laughs> sense of, you have a sense of pride though. I can say, you, the way you just yeah, talked about yeah. that tune. I, no, I, it's not so much pride. Is it, is it pride the right word? Is, is there a sense of? Yeah, I, I, there's definitely a search, going a, str- a strive, a strive towards a search going yeah, on to uh, what yeah. what it is that completes it. Yeah, but that's very personal. And um, I learned years ago that if you hang your hat on populism, it doesn't help anybody. So I don't really mind if I'm popular or not. Right. Um, I'm very lucky, and some of the things I have to do have to be popular yeah. for me to be able to earn money. Um, but in I'm not, 
worried if I don't have a legacy, no. for instance. By the way, I do have a legacy. I've got an amazing family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. This, this yeah. is the other thing. It's like exactly. music doesn't define me, no. which is really strange. Like, uh, so um, it, enha- then, it then, enhances. But then it enhances. Well, yeah, it does. But, but so does other things. Like, yeah. so does hanging out with people. So exactly. does I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm proudest about. I'm a trustee of Mencap. Wow. Okay. So I do that, and that's that gives me as much joy as yeah. making a great. Or, or um, you know, I do lots of things like that because they, I really see differences there. Like this is, I often think music can be a little bit selfish. Does that make sense? No, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, this this tune. So Luke, thanks. Great question. And uh, <laughs> really, you, Luke. Um, the the tune was very difficult for me to write, but the whole album was because I was trying to be as concise as possible, and uh, yeah. It took a while, but um, it's all done. I just need to sort it out now. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> do, you know, do you know why he's asking? Because he's on it. He's on the record. He's on it. Of course, of he, course just, he, he is. Just, he just wants to be able to tour it, man. I'm like, why you're right, dude. Why are you so bloody long? Yeah, why are you taking so long? And why am I not on a tour? Because there's no tour sorted out yet, dude. You know, it's coming, yeah. Luke. Look, I'm sorry, t- man. I'm sorry I've disappointed you from day one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. So, so do you want to introduce it? What's that, what's so so this tune is called uh, 2222, and it's by my jazz orchestra, the damn Mar Molinero Jazz Orchestra, and it will be on my forthcoming album, which will be released some point within the next 10 years, called Taproot. <laughs> um, and it uh, features uh, one of my... Uh, well, idols really. There's a sax player called Julian Arguelles, who is a jazz saxophonist. Frenesis. Uh, he's done stuff with Frenesis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, he's done some, but he's um, he's uh, in his own right. I mean, he's won all the jazz awards, all of them. But and yeah, it's like he's he's one of the grandees of UK jazz, but worked across the board. And I asked him on the off chance he might be interested, and he was amazing. And uh, just wonderfully generous, and he plays this. He's the lead player on this, and it's just, I think it's one of the, one of. The, I'm saying this as somebody who doesn't normally compliment his own music. I'm very not that, but I think it's one of the most beautiful deliveries of playing I've ever heard. Very very powerful. Awesome. Uh, so so yeah, I it, I'm just very excited about this um this track in particular. Oh god, this is an yeah. exclusive. Bloody hell. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> so it's called twenty two twenty two. Okay, here we go.
going, I'm, I'm going to swear. Go on in. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it... Um, I've got to tick that box that says explicit now. Explicit. Yeah, shit. Sorry. Yeah. And again, um, um, are we gonna are we gonna get all of that in? I know we've just listened to it now, but we're gonna get all that in. Can well, we? This is exclusive. We, we, no, well, it's, it's up to you. I mean, no, I think not, I don't think you can listen to a part of that. We have we, got to put all that in if you're if you're allowing us. Apologise to the listeners for eight, no, eight minutes no, of their life. No, I know, but that's <laughs> it goes. Uh, yeah, that's got a bit of everything. Um, for me who struggles to write. For a three-piece, mm. drums and bass and guitar, punk, you know what I mean? That's what, how do you go about writing something like that? How wide and broad do you have to be thinking? How much of it is charted? How much of it is improv? How much? It's, it's incredible. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> That's almost as difficult as Luke's question. <laughs> um, these are, I mean, I, I, this is my, I suppose this is my DNA, This this type of music. This is the stuff that I hear in my head all the time. Um, so I'm very, as I keep saying, I'm very lucky to have done lots of different work, lots of different people, and I love exploring music. Yeah. But if you cut me open, please don't. It'd be, it'd be really messy. <laughs> and um, we'll do it in yeah. the garden. The well, there's nothing, there's nothing there either. But I, I would, you'd find the core is 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 this kind of jazz, yeah. right? And certainly, my 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 real love my passion is for for this kind of uh, you know like it's very difficult to describe but this kind of thematic or almost orchestral to a certain extent very emotive yeah emotive yeah, elaborate yeah, yeah, this kind of yeah. this kind of large ensemble stuff i love this to pieces yeah. but i love a certain type of it um it, it, you know this is why partly why film music interests me as well but also um but then again, I, I don't think so. I know you think this is like really kind of mind blowing, but I also think it's just as difficult to write for two or three people because it's just a different context. Yeah. And being able to say something concisely, this is actually sometimes it's easier to write for lots of people because you can get all the ideas in okay, and yes. no one gets crossed, right? right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Obviously, that was really difficult. I'm just saying, no jokes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'm. Um, well, and also, you've got a lot of time to develop. An idea. Well, you've got, I, I, you've got eight minutes rather than two and a half minutes. That's very true. But um, again, <laughs> but there is there is tracks on the album which are much quicker. So yeah, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it was. I mean, I was just whilst we whilst we were listening to it. Obviously, I didn't talk all the way through it, not all of the way through it. But whilst we were listening to it, um, I was explaining that to to Aiden that most of the people on this album are friends of mine or people who I've taught. Mm. And one of the reasons I wanted them, so I'm not. Again, I, this goes back to Luke's question. He's really triggered me. Thanks, Luke. Um, uh, this goes back to I've, I've, I don't really, I don't really do me. I don't really do me as a musician. So I, I get involved in lots of other things. I love playing music, but I don't. I, I've never. If someone asks me, yeah, what have you got to give music? I don't. I don't have an answer for that. It's really strange, right? So this is the first time in years where I've actually sat down. And the reason why, lockdown, right? Yeah. Okay. So it was the only time where I'd stopped and had to think about what I was about. So, I, you know, obviously when you're growing up, you're like in your 20s, it's all about you. So so, so <laughs> though for, there was, you know, there was the kind of early part of my career where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make this album. And I did, you know, did lots of stuff and blah, blah. And I feel very excited about it. I think I've, I've got... um. The first one I ever did, I sent over to you the Natalie Williams thing, which oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll maybe do a snippet of that in a second. But um, but now I'm not really, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I've, I just don't think like that. Yeah. I, I'm not wired like that to say I need to make my mark on society. Yeah. So the reason this came about was I've written lots of stuff. I wanted to make make my – I was practicing, but I also wanted to get stuff out of my head that I kept hearing, right? And then I thought, wouldn't it be nice to involve people who I taught yeah. to people who are really good friends of mine, people from – but it's a very – it's a very local record for local people, right? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's – it's lots of – the Southampton connection is strong, right? Really strong. Because this is a city that's defined me in all sorts of ways. And um, and I now feel that this is my attempt to say thank you yeah. in many ways. Cool. It's my attempt to say, look at these people I'm working with. They're amazing. It's my attempt to say, and this is how you've helped define me. Yeah. Because without these people on this record, I don't exist. Which Which is something that I think all musicians know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, we got really deep here. No, it's lovely. You know, and what, again, Luke will be surprised because one of the things that I don't do as a as a educator is I ever go into feely stuff, right? <laughs> but if you, you know, my my, you talked you talked yeah. earlier about legacy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, leave, just just leave it at that. <laughs> you know, you can, I, well, I, I, yeah, I'd be proud. And, thanks, man. So, I am. I'm insanely proud, but I'm insanely proud for all sorts of different reasons, yeah. and perhaps. Reasons which aren't necessarily the ones that people think musicians are proud for. It's the accomplishment for me is being able to spend quality time with friends. Yeah. That's, you know what? The best thing about being a musician, yeah, I, I, and I hate it because it's true, is I just get to hang out with my friends all the time. Yeah. Everything I do, I turn up and they're my mates. Yeah. Perfect. Right? <laughs> It's just like the craziest it's not, thing. It's and, not and actually all, like work at it's all. It's not like work. <laughs> and I pinch myself because I get paid fairly well to do this, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I'm reward, it's rewarding and, and lots of people want to do what you do. And I'm, I, I want to be humble about this uh, as a matter of principle, actually, in many ways. Because yeah. it's, I mean, honestly, look, look, we're hanging out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> makes, it makes me realise how lucky we are. Wow. I mean, um, I mean the, the musicians on that, on the recording. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, aren't they? So we're lucky, yeah. And the fact to think that within a like a you know, twenty mile radius of where it's at, yeah. it's quite we're lucky, aren't we? Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, like you know, I've, I've found that wherever I go, there's always wonderful people, wonderful musicians. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing. And actually, one of the other things I sent you earlier was the Band of Skulls thing I did. Oh yeah, which which I, I know I've partly sent it for for your delectation my friend because I, I know you like a little bit of rock every now. And oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So so uh, yeah. so um. Well, that was something that was very Southampton. It's, it, the idea was spawned from this. The, the guy behind the idea was a chap called James Goff. Was, is a chap called James. is a friend of mine. And actually was two chaps. It's James Goff and, a, and another chap called Matt Sanger. And James was the head of the cultural trust for Southampton um, about four or five years ago. And force for so much good in this town. Like so much good. One of, one of, the, one of the most positive engaging people and he brought communities together and he found people like me and fixed them with people like the band of skulls and matt sanger was an is another guy who still lives in, in southampton who's um he, he was involved in you know helping to set up common people and best of all and stuff like you know just but he does all sorts of really cool stuff great dj as well um goes under the name little chiefster it does, it loves, he loves he loves all the kind of thundercat and stuff like that so, so he's oh, cool. very cool dude right yeah i yeah. thought you'd like you'd be, yeah so um <laughs> And they put together this crazy idea and then they both approached me to say, um, yeah, so we're going to do a one-off concert 
to open the new Nuffield. Like, you know, the new Nuffield that was in town that turned into Mast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was originally the Nuffield. And uh, it was the first ever music gig they had there. And oh. they wanted to do a celebration of the city. So they asked Band of Skulls, said yes. And then they said to me, because I knew Matt a little bit. And Matt said, um, so yeah, we're just thinking something big. And I was like, oh, like an orchestra with Band of Skulls. He's like, yeah, like that. And I'm like, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> what, what stupid deeds? What stupid I, I meant ukulele on top. I meant ukuleles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then I meant backing track. <laughs> so yeah. And then we set up this gig with all the, the full orchestra was... um. Well, there was going to be more gigs, but then this thing called the pandemic happened. So yeah. we, we, we're coming back to it. There's... Are they? Can, are they still Band of Skulls? I, I I think you need to interview someone else to talk to them. Or are they? Yeah. Flee- they used to be fleeing New York. Wait, that's because that's, that's, that's when when I when we used to support yeah. them. They oh, were fleeing. Yeah, they're, they're called Band of Skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Still there. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I so just... I absolutely recommend you because they're local. Um, and you can definitely get a hold of them easily. And they yeah. Um, again wonderful people mm-hmm. like generous wonderful people and they would just um at that point the the drummer i forget his name matt really, hayward matt yes who's, a, who's again wonderful drummer he'd he'd left and the gig we did we did with a guy called julian and i've got to remember his name again sorry julian if you're listening but julian was this amazing drummer they brought over from new york um uh, not new york sorry Na- nashville way um and he was in a band I forget the band. God, I'm getting old. This is awful, <laughs> isn't it? So it's so terrible. He, uh, I'll, I'll find it. But he was he was in the band, and this is harrowing. Okay, this is really really harrowing. And this is not like a joke, Harry and Sarah. He was in the band in the Batter Clan that night. Oh Jesus! Oh, so he was in a Eagles oh, of Death Metal. Eagles of Death Metal. So <laughs> that was kind of. And he was there that night. He was just, there. That's just the most. Can you imagine? So anyway, he he played with us. Jeez. And we did this. We did this whole thing. So the band of scars with Julian as a guest. He was Julian's insane, amazing drummer. Um, full twenty-five piece orchestra. I think we had like well, strings. Neil was it? Wasn't Neil in it? Neil was in it. Yeah, yeah. All, all the all my friends. <laughs> did See, you just, first, you just rake so, them all in. Like, do you know what, come Carl? On, people. I, the answer is yes, man. The first thing I do when I get a gig nowadays is I go, "Who do I want to see?" Yeah. Because cool. everyone's amazing. What a lovely thing. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's so great. yes, you're, yeah. Thing. All all my friends are in the band. Yeah. And um. Kick them all in, and and then we had a great time. There was this amazing visuals done by Claire, who's um who was um, Russ Band of Skulls' other half. She did this incredible visuals in the backdrop. And we just had a riot, and it was it was possibly so fitting. It was, the funny thing is, is that had we done that three years later, it probably would have been the lead gig for City of Culture. We just did it three years early, <laughs> so, so it was, you know, it was everything about Southampton that's successful, and it was really wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's that's the Southampton link, and um, yeah, I mean, do you want to have a quick listen to some Himalayan? Yeah, that be a nice thing should to do. Do All it. Right. So this is the audio from the concert. This is the audio from the concert right. taken from the desk, and and with your arrangements. My arrangements, yeah, okay. I didn't write the tune. It was written by Russ and Emma, as far okay. as I know. Cool. Okay. Bang it. Oh, 
landed. I'm running out of. Uh, <laughs> my, I just said while we were listening to that, Band of Skulls, probably not used to playing with an orchestra, like you said. Mm-hmm. And when it started happening on stage, it's like. Because we were talking about your brother being in orchestras and, and I was all curious about the sheer volume and stuff. It's like, fuck, like, yeah, it's mad. It's Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think one, one of the things that you find with all musicians, see, this is what I'm really, I'm re- always really minded never to distinguish between musicians and genres. I, I, think, I think there's different ways in which you can approach different things. There's obviously different training involved in different types of things, and there's different conventions and languages. However, ultimately, when you're communicating together, it's the same thing. Yeah. So, yes, it got louder, but they're used to things getting louder. It's just a different timbre getting yeah, louder, right? Yeah. So um, I, it always worries me that because, because then what you create is a divide immediately, and you say, well, it was, it was classical musicians playing rockers. Those guys can play rock. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. In the same way that I'm quite sure that if Russ and Emma gave it a bit of time, they could play some beautiful classical yeah. guitar. So I, don't, I have no doubt that these people are insane musicians. That's it. And so it was, it was but, the, but to go back to your kind of the premise of your question, we only got one rehearsal with us. That's what I was saying, yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, when, <laughs> when these arrangements kicked in, they were smiling, which was lovely. And it was, <laughs> uh, you know, to be honest, I was, because of doing the arrangements, that was such a relief, dude. Oh, no. I mean, like, because you can imagine taking taking their tunes. That's a vis- putting- that's an absolute visual compliment as well. Oh my yeah. god, man! I, I, honestly, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god, I don't want to ruin their songs yeah. for them. Because the worst thing could happen would have been like, yeah, do you want to try it like like this? But yeah, and like little features, like you said, the trombone player took yeah. the guitar solo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and this happened throughout the gig. It was just a wonderful gig. That was a very special memory for me. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very enjoyable. Is night. that available anywhere else if people want to listen to more it's, of it? It's on Facebook somewhere. Um, as I've just entered into the foray that is <laughs> social media. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where to find it, but I'm sure if you Google, the, the the group was called The Space Between Collective, so it's an orchestra. I mean, that should be uh, released. It should be like it should be up there with S&M and all that. And- uh, I'm, I'm sure it's been... Uh, I know it's been mooted. I think I think it's just one of these things that will remain. And so I know over lockdown they put those out as as free videos, um, and the videos are fantastic. And again, it was massively enjoyable. It, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. It's it's there. Okay. I, I'm saying I'm sure, like I've actually bothered looking. I, sorry, Russ and Emma. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, again, it's one of these things. I I just remember the night so well. And I, the night was beautiful. You know. Um, it's a nice space. I did. I watched it over lockdown. Space. They tell me about it over lockdown. And I watched it over lockdown, and I was just made up. And yeah. I watched. It, I watched it with my kids, and it was like, hey. it's really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an achievement. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's that. And then would you would you class it as your? Oh, another one of Carl's classic questions. Go ahead, Carl. The. Uh-huh. Is it the favourite thing you've ever done musically? Oh, I don't. I don't I mean, this is something my kids say. What's your uh, favourite? That's what I'm like. I what's am. your favourite? What's your favourite? Do you get? On. Do you get that? Aiden? Do you get? What's <laughs> oh, your favourite? Oh, with my students. What's your What's your favourite song to play on guitar? Right. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's your favourite bass player? What's the fastest thing you can play? And <laughs> not that. What's, not, your, what's your favourite Chili Peppers track? <laughs> yeah. You did that last time, yeah. right? <laughs> not that it right? Yeah. I and it doesn't. And it doesn't change every forty minutes, does it? Yeah. yeah. Um. I really. I'm. I'm in such a great position in life that I can't quantify that. It's great. I, I there's so many things that I've done that have just been mind blowing, you yeah. know. And I and, and now I reflect on it, I'm just like, you know, 
I mean, not least the madness that you know about called Saints Brass, which is... Uh, oh, yeah, well, that's my... Well, that, yeah, that's where we're going next. But, I mean, like, I have done... I've done things like... You know, I played... I t- oh, man, there's so many things that just suddenly popped into my head, partly because of Glass, though. Mm-hmm. Whereas we did... I did a, I did a gig in Cuba with the youth, the youth band, and uh, it was a really good gig. It got paid for by the British Council, and we were in this amphitheater outside. And afterwards... You never guess who was there listening, and we got to meet. And I was there with my brother. My brother was the tour chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never let my brother be a tour trust, chaperone. Trust me. Nowadays, he wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> he was never there. I mean, basically, he was out. He was out partying, yeah. going to the salsa club. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, let's let's not go there. My apologies, Southampton City Council. Um, so um, anyway, the. Uh, yeah, so we did this this amazing gig, with, and some of the band were just this. You know, they're they're now the people who are in that band are now doing big things in session musicians, blah blah blah. They're all, they're all doing great, but um, we got taken to meet someone afterwards. So I said to my brother Kev, I said, Kev, do you want to come along? Because I I just thought we just had to be nice and smile. Yeah, we met George Martin. Oh, what? Well, he- <laughs> The Beatles, George Martin. Yeah. Well, he was just in Cuba at the time. He was in Cuba. No, the British Council had brought a whole load of people over. To, to, to kind of say this is what we do in the UK and we were one of them and George Martin was one of the others but I had no idea he was there wow. so I mean literally I did that thing <laughs> sorry I realise how stupid this sounds I'm just about to say it. you're George Martin because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. You know, li- li- <laughs> what else do you say this guy yeah. changed music yeah. Yeah. he signed the Beatles he changed music yeah. he changed music not yeah. just you know that was it he changed everything and um, what did he and, uh, say? Well, this is going to sound awful now. I just said, fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he was he was completely deaf, so he 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 didn't really he didn't really say anything. So he was very very hard of hearing. He had his son with him, Giles, who yeah. now owns Air he, Studios. He's the man now, yeah, yeah. Right, so Giles was there. Giles was lovely. Um, another, man, just like a, it's just like George, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really, real <laughs> sweetheart. Um, so so we had this kind of very strange chat, Kev and I, with George Martin, where I said to George, this is my brother Kev, and then we talked for a bit, and then later on George said, oh, that's very strange. You two look like brothers. Are you brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you George Martin? <laughs> Kev and I, whenever we see, you know, whenever we, this comes up, we're just like, yep, that, yeah. was, that was the conversation we had. We couldn't have asked anything. You could have said, how how was Sergeant Peppers conceived? Yeah. What was it like working in Abbey Road? How did the Beatles really split up? Now, what we said was, this is my brother Kev. <laughs> <laughs> You're George Martin. That's what I did, man. That's, you know, oh, my God. Oh, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. So, yeah, that was a... He got, you, he got a shout out at Glastonbury, didn't he? I'm halfway through the pool. Right? Oh, are you? Yeah. Epic, right? Because it wasn't on iPlayer last night. Or was it not? It wasn't. It was one of the only sets not on. It's on iPlayer now, but I had to. I had to get it, get um, it nefariously. I loved it this year, Glasto. Mm. I I just yeah. There was so much there that I got. Yeah, I haven't seen Kendrick Lamar's set yet. Good, <laughs> good shit, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, there was so much. There was so much. That, <laughs> but self esteem was great. Is he self esteem? No. Check that out. There's okay. just so, there's so much across the festival that was, yeah. Even Herbie. I mean, I I hate Herbie Hancock playing Chameleon, although I've seen him do it live. Well, I don't know. He was even playing Glaston. Yeah, he played Glaston. No he did this, way. Um, so so, but um, partly because it's like always really. But he just smashed it. Good He's 82. So who did he have with him? 
He had Terence Blanchard on trumpet. Yeah. Um, Lionel Lueke playing guitar. I can't remember who the drummer was. I didn't know him. And I, d- I didn't know the bass player either, which is mm. terrible as a jazzer. I should know them all, obviously, all jazzers all the time. <laughs> um, but, but Herbie himself was on fire. And he played all 82. the kind of... 82, man. So did you, have, did you have a grand piano? And a- had a grand piano, Fatsy Oli, and then he got up and he keytarred it. Amazing. There we go. And he still, and, but he was still <laughs> killing it, man. And it wasn't just like, this is the one for the pop crowd. It was like, he played really well. It then, wasn't like a muscle memory thing. Oh, it was. No, it's all right. It was bang. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the. Glass, we were talking about Glassdoor at work today, and yeah. I, I reminisced to going back years and years and years and years ago and going into HMV and actually buying a Glastonbury ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those days. For yeah. £28 or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you've got to have a freaking ID. You've got, it's, yep. just, it's just all changed yeah. so much. It's so hard. So many people want to go. And Well, I'm, I must say, the one thing that really irritates me about it now is, is the corporate thing at the beginning, at the front of the pyramid. I, um, I just, like, for me, Glastow was always, you know, whether you were a massive Glastow person or not, it was always equality, right? Yeah. It's not. Um, There's no doubt it's not anymore. And I, and the price is stupid, it, it, you know, and it's to pay the egos. That's yeah. what it's for. And that thing where they fence off people at the front. They've done, I don't even realise they've about, done that. Man? Uh, I, yeah. I, and I would have was to, that there last time? I yeah, I think it was, but yeah. it's not. I just I, I find that very disturbing. Is that you can pay extra? You can pay extra yeah. to go in. Go in because they or, used... or you're a corporate client or some yeah. nonsense like that. It's you know, and I know that I know that's how it works and that's how it's funded. Blah Isn't blah blah. That exactly but... what the original Glastonbury was right. all not about. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's, it's... And, and people go, "Well, it's that Glastonbury vibe," and I'm like, "Yes, you're right," but apart from that bit, they do that. We uh, we had some festivals in Australia when I was over there. Soundwave being one of them, the heavy metal sort of festival, and they did do that. Yeah, but anyone was allowed in, but they only let so many people in. To, oh, okay. for safety. Okay, but when people walked out, more yeah. were let in. You know what I mean? Right, just, right. Just, just not usual punters. I, I mean, thought that was good. You know? I know that's part and parcel of it. It's just there's something for me where I'm getting into that territory of selling out and all that nonsense, which is you know, it's leveled at all musicians. Like, you sold out, man. <laughs> It's like the Bob Dylan thing when he played electric guitar. You sold out, you man. Sold out. <laughs> yeah, except yeah, he he, he changed music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't want to heckle him. <laughs> Leave him. But, um, Kenny, Kenny and I took a drive to Glastonbury tour. Yeah. Oh, did you? We did one of our first allowed drives of lockdown, and we we're driving through Glastonbury, and Michael Levis was like was walking down the pavement with his wife. Did you get a free ticket? <laughs> Kelly Kelly waved at him through the window like, hey, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, yeah. I mean, there's a documentary on BBC One. Like two, two or yeah, 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 and he's totally into the whole equality, and that's the whole point. Yeah. Like I was saying, but it's, it feels like it's been taken away from him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I imagine that. I mean, you know, what can you do? Sorry, we're totally off topic. Yeah, we are. Let's <laughs> talk about me. All about me. Um, sorry, sorry, chaps. Saints yeah. football ground. Yeah, my dad's a huge fan. He's there every oh, time. Oh, is he? My dad is probably—I didn't know this—but he's probably seen you play a lot. <laughs> Give well, us probably, the, run, give us the only, rundown. Only one song, though, right? Yeah, really. Yeah, this. I mean, what, this, what, what is this? Give us the rundown on this. this oh my god, this is interesting. So people know now. I've I've been fairly. I, I, this is the sixth season I've been involved in this. Well, I've set the thing up. So, um, <laughs> it was basically by accident. Um, again, this fantastic guy I told you about, Matt Sanger. Right. All right. Matt is um, a chap who's around the city doing lots of things. And he used to work at the football club. And his brief was to find a musician who did brass and knew a bit about jazz, right? And so he got in touch with me, right? You take all those boxes, didn't you? 
Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. I'll tell you that one. Thanks, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um but anyway, so so that was the, the the beginning of it. And then so I got in touch with their their marketing director at the time, a chap called JK. And we had a really strange conversation. Um anyone who's met this JK guy knows he's a character, but it was um he's he's no longer there. But um the conversation was was really strange because basically it said I really want one of those American marching bands, but I don't want it to be like that. Okay, so that was first. <laughs> so, so he then All said, right. he then said, but it's got to be like a traditional brass band sound, but not that traditional. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. That's really helpful. And then he said, um, but you know, if you could, I want you to do some modern stuff, but I don't want it to be too modern. So that was the brief, right? And then he Jesus. said, do you, no, no, he didn't say it to me. So I said, do you know anyone who does this, right? So at this point, I'm thinking. Oh my God. I don't want to be involved in any of this. Right? <laughs> so, 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 so I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. I'll, I'll ring some people. And it was on my, you know, it was on my to-do list, but you know, like to-do list, right? So anyway, I didn't get around to ring anyone two weeks before the thing. He's like, have you fixed anyone yet? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Got, yeah. Got great band for you. So then I, so then I rang up a load of people who like, like Neil Doherty, like people, my friends and the, just said, oh, listen, we got this gig, it's gig come up. It's just in front of the ground. We're going to play some tunes. Um, you up for it? So there was 13 of us, partly because of the sound made. So there was, um, uh, and uh, we had eight tunes and we had two hours. Oh. So what we'd do is we'd go around different places around the ground and do the same set again yeah. in the hope that people had already walked past. That's, that's the way. <laughs> so, so we so actually were just following minute, the same people around the yeah, ground. Well, yeah. Maybe, you never know. Right? <laughs> so we had this 20-minute set that went around. So we did that, and um, we got booked for two games, uh, famously. And famous, even more famously, we're still there six years later. And it has been an absolute blast. And I've absolutely... Is that even, every... Every home game. Every home game. And, and some other things as well. And one of the things that I've been very proud of is the fact that I mean, you know, we're from the city, and and the football club, you know, every football club is is a community, right? Generally, I mean, there are a few that aren't so good at it, but generally, especially in more suburban towns, you get it's around the club, right? Yeah. And I'm really, what I really care for is the town. I care for the people in the town, and I care that we represent them. You know, this is it's absolutely crucial for me that we are respectful of what we do here. And so, um, I, you know, I know having a brass band that plays weirdo, because we basically do covers of stuff like Metallica. Uh, we right. do, um, okay. you know, we do anything from like, we did the, you know, the Rocky theme tune. Da -da, da -da, da -da. <laughs> you know, also the crazy stuff like that. Um, we do funk stuff. We do James Brown, blah, blah, blah. But we also do a load of tunes that are from the city. Yeah. So there's some really obscure tunes that people won't know unless they're from the set. Like there's one about the Wollstone Ferry, okay. which used to go across the River Itchen before they built the Itchen Bridge. Bridge. We play that tune. There you go. Right, and we play tunes that that are from you know like we play some Craig David. We play some you know things that are we play some Band of Skulls. Yeah, yeah, cool. Right, and um, that's, that's cool. And we also care deeply about making sure that what we do is is respectful. So we make sure that we're, when we're in the position to do it, we can also go and do community stuff. So um, we're, we're quite quite involved with the foundation they have over there at the ground as well. So we do free charity stuff for them, and you know. So so anyway, the reason your your dad's probably seen me <laughs> is because last year we were finally well. Actually, it's not. We we we'd been in the stadium before. There's so many stories. I don't even know where to start with this band. It's the craziest band. For those of you who haven't heard of this, your listeners, 
It's a it's a New Orleans style brass band. There's three people on drums, sometimes four. Actually, four. <laughs> Think about it. Three trumpets, a couple of saxes, trombones, and a big old sousaphone, which is the thing you wrap around your body. It's got Saints Brass written on it. It's got Saints Brass written on it. <laughs> yes. And it's a really great target for the wind, mainly. <laughs> and we play outside, so we get wet, snowed on, iced on, anything, spat on. Yeah. Um, and we play mad music, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and then when we, the reason your dad's seen us is because what we then do is when, just before kickoff, we go inside the ground and, and we march and we play away in the Saints. Um, it's bloody brilliant. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's brilliant. Thank you. We've always been blown away about the support we've had. It's, it's, it's kind of wonderful. And um, it's I mean, I, I've done I've done a lot of things in my my career, but to have like thirty odd thousand people sing along with you, yeah, and it's just been honestly, it's I I would if you'd asked me this like. When I was 20, 21, I'd be like, I wouldn't sell out and do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> and now I'm just like, there is something very visceral about a community of people it's, all pursuing the same thing. It's inspiring camaraderie. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's, you're, yeah. you're, you're all there for the same reason. And yeah, yeah. they're all, and it's a, it's a lovely thing. Yeah. And, and and again, I get to hang out with my friends. That's all, yeah. And there's so many stories. <laughs> and, and I won't tell you most of them because most of them are a bit worrying. Um, <laughs> But there was one, for instance, where a few years back with this guy, the marketing guy I was telling you about, he got the wrong kickoff time. So we were inside the ground at that point, going around the ground, just doing a bit of entertaining. It wasn't like tap or anything. And then we looked up and the linesman's running towards us. And we're walking up the way towards... <laughs> and we suddenly, oh my God, the game's about to start. Like literally about to start. <laughs> so we're like, we're lobbing the instruments over the barriers. <laughs> we had to go through the crowd. <laughs> There was a few like that. We've had all sorts of. Uh, That's brilliant. Man, yeah, I love that chaos. I love that sort of oh, chaos, man. though. You Trust can't... me, we're big chaos. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah. So the acoustics are mental, right? Yeah. How, how do you cope with that? Because because well, you must hear yourself two seconds after you played it. It's it's a good. Well, it's it's probably not as long as two seconds, but it's not it's not an exaggeration to say it's more than a second. Which, if you think about it, if you're playing at this speed, right? I'm clapping for the benefit of those who can't see. It's not just something wrong with the microphone. Um, if you're doing that. It means that every other beat you hear again. So it's like having a, an echo. So the way I describe it to people who haven't played um, in this situation is imagine you're on a long-distance call and when you speak, you hear your voice back uh, later that's on. That's horrible. Right? The latency. The, the, the latency, yeah. exactly. That's what it's like playing in the ground. Yeah. So we're literally a beat behind yeah. on you're, the you're speakers. You're coming out the PA. Yeah, coming out the PA. So you're off the ground and everything. And right. So yeah. you're mic'd up. Yep. Obviously, and then yep. what you're, yeah, but you're hearing what and you're because playing. It's, and because the, distance, the PA yeah, is so loud, yeah. we quite often can't hear each other. Shit. So <laughs> it really is like discipline. We really have to be very disciplined. And it, one of the things that that I really care deeply about is making sure that the people I get on a gig can concentrate. It sounds a really crazy thing to say, but they have to be able to concentrate really well because if they lose concentration and go with what they hear out the PA, they'll be behind. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know a couple James and Luke. Yeah. Who I, they, yeah, yeah. they say that they don't listen; they watch the fingers. Watch the watch oh, it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they have different techniques. I I tend to listen to certain things going on, but then often I have to, I have to like direct. I've got little, a little few little hand signals. They know um, the guys at the back really, really can't hear much. Mm. Um, it's it, but that's why they're there. Yeah. Right. So, and um, we shouldn't be making complaints about this. This is this is just what happens. This is the technology. Um, and 
and we all enjoy doing it. We love doing it. So it's not like, it's like early, you know, it's not, it's, this is not a problem. Well, it is a, you know, it's a, it's a technical problem, but it's not, not a no. existential crisis. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if someone said to me, would you like to do this? I'd say yes. Yeah, it's still a pleasure. Yeah. And after yeah. every match on Twitter, it's, yeah. we love the Saints grass. Thank you so much. You make the atmosphere. I say thanks, mum. <laughs> get off Twitter but it's true because yeah. uh, I, I bump into you quite often don't I start yeah, sending yeah. you videos but you must yeah. get sent so many videos from well yeah I mean again I, I don't really know how to process it because it's it's just wonderful you know I mean you know it, it really is touching and um, we care deeply that we're doing a good job for everybody uh, well you know why wouldn't we right oh, yeah. we're not you know because because we, we we're not mercenaries we're not there just for money we're there because we really want to do a good job and when you get that back and you and we we listen to what people say as well so we've had suggestions and we've adopted them you know um obviously you can't take everything on board because otherwise we'll all be dressed up as like giant chickens and you know <laughs> and but play, um and playing the theme from Pink theme. Panther. right exactly <laughs> good idea so it's a, but um but the, you know this is this is it's really important to us that that we represent we're not because i i'm i'm deeply committed to the idea that this is a joint investment with the fans yeah. it's not well they're not there to watch us i mean i know everyone's lovely to us on twitter they're there to watch their football team yeah they're there to be part of something they've always been part of right yeah. so we are trespassing so we need to make sure that when we do this what we do is representative yeah, of of the, of them, not of us. No toe trading and all that right? sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and, and we are there for them. And yeah. they, and the day that my ego or the band's ego takes over, we won't stay there very long. So that's you know. And by the way, we have a great great life. Yeah. I mean, how many people get to say they can do this, right? Yeah. So uh, there's, uh, it's not going to happen with me. I mean, you know, obviously Luke Montgomery, we've already talked about him. He'll be out soon. Because uh, his ego's... No, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, as as if, listening. can you yeah, imagine? Um, he's going to have to do his own episode one day. We're going to have to get him on. Yeah. So the he's, amount uh, of messages I'm going to get after this. So he's yeah. going to get a voice yeah. to... Uh, he needs his own voice. I'm just here. jealous, man. I wish I was his, good, <laughs> his age. He's got everything ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't imagine the football match without Saints Brass now. I think man, you're, you're so, so, you're so, so ingrained in the whole a day and experience of it thanks dude um, it means a lot like also coming for another musician it does it means so much to me like really thank you man. I mean, are other clubs picking up on it and because i don't know if other clubs have got anything similar have they uh well we've been, <laughs> they've, we've been tried to be poached by true <laughs> story transfer season you know what it's like the window <laughs> opened and i mean we've had we had several i've had several clubs contact me to do the same thing around the country and what they don't understand is the reason it works here is because we understand the culture of the city yeah so I say this, and it's interesting because people go, oh, my God, you just said this. What we do is not about the music. What we do is about reflecting what the culture of the city is. So the reason why it works is because we really deeply care about Southampton, the football club, the community around it, right? If we were just great musicians, it doesn't work mm -hmm. because they've had great musicians and other clubs have great musicians, but it doesn't become a thing. Mm. So if if someone like, for instance, Hull, <laughs> Hull of all the places, <laughs> true story, <laughs> they, they, they approach us or someone like that. That's know. bloody miles away. <laughs> <laughs> but if they do, I, I would say to them, I, I'm the wrong person. You know, why would I do that? Yeah. You need to find someone in Hull to do that. Yeah. Right? Because if you really want this to work, you need to grow it from the ground up. Yeah. You... Unless they pay millions of pounds, so I'm just saying that. For that. Yeah. Well, at least your expenses. Yeah. 
It's expenses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, need than, jet, yeah. I need more than a pint no, and a pasty. You, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say the recent bid for City of Culture. Yeah. Obviously, I'm in signage. I did a loads of signage for all that sort of stuff, and it was a bit yep. disappointing not to get it. You were obviously disappointed too. Hey, to be about- honest, it, it was. See, I'm very much of the opinion that it makes a difference to me, um, be- okay. and for the for the real reason that. Um, if we got it, great. If we didn't, it doesn't matter. We're no, still great. We're still, we're still great, yeah. And we're we've always had people. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the thing. It's like it's one of these weird things that I think it impacts more on it impacts more on things that have nothing to do with the world I'm working in. Uh which is uh, by the way, I'm not saying it shouldn't. You know, there there is legitimate reasons why this would be amazing for the city. Mm. But it also became overtly political. Yeah. And uh the minute that happened, I was out. Yeah. Fair because enough. because for me, I look after the music i look after the people within the music I, this is what i'm not that interested in is getting involved in conversations around strategic targeting of certain things to look good mm. and i'm not in any way talking about anything other than um there, there was a lot of this which had no engagement because it would have been a difficult conversation and they tried to do the do a really positive bid, and I salute them for that. But at the same time, it, it was very limited in what it would have achieved for the music community here in Southampton. Oh, yeah, fair enough. And actually, regionally, actually, mm. um, I don't see how the things they were doing would make much of a difference to what I do. And I know that sounds very selfish, but I speak for, I can tell you right now, every single professional musician I speak for said the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. And it wasn't just me. And I'm not against them, these ideas. I just think, so for me, right, people often ask me these questions, right, because of what I've done, what I represent, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. People say, well, what would you do with that money? I said, well, it's dead easy. It's really straightforward. Instead of spending all this money on one-off projects, on special showcase things, or blah, 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 reinvest it in the education system and put it back into music teachers. Inspire young people to do this properly and, do, and, and release the shackles from music education and, you know, likewise, any creative thing, they're underfunded. I don't want a carnival down the high street. I want better musicians coming out of school in Millbrook. I want more music musical instruments for free. I don't want people being having to charge to do this forever. This, yes, I can live without having a one-off concert with, you know, whoever, if this stuff happens. Yeah. And that's called, that's long-term because then you, you inspire forever. Certainly. More teachers that know more than Maxwell's. Silver <laughs> and hammer. Yeah, but at least you got one, dude. <laughs> I know. You know, that's the other side oh, of the yeah. coin. You know, know. and that's uh, right. that's I, right. I just think so. That that is something that I care deeply about, and I'm not very much into the whole one-off stuff. Yeah. It, 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 I often feel it services. So when you do the one-off things, it's often better for the people providing it, so the institutions, than it is for students because they'll get to do one day. Yeah, and then what happens day two? Mm. Whereas this, the services providing goes, look what we've done. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's not the point. No. What happens day two when they take the bass back from them, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we're going to have that back now. The guys have gone. You're like, what? Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. What they should be doing is saying to, to you, Aiden, for instance, here you go. Here's, here's, here's your salary to, to teach one to one instead of like five to one, one to one. You know, here's more Aidens. Hmm. You know, but that's a, that's a very radical thing to think. 
scary as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not sure, man. I think we can do more Aidens, man. I mean, <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go more Aidens. Yeah, me too, God, man. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, how would Kelly cope with that? She can cope with one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, amazing. It's been, it's been a pleasure and an honor having you in. Thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, really welcome, man. And we've been going for the best part of two hours now. Can you believe it? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's, no, been, it's been brilliant. <laughs> it's been brilliant. No but the problem is that, that the way I do it, I only get 160 megabytes upload limits. The longer we talk about, the less quality. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Do you, you have can... to come... <laughs> so it sounds like we're 8-bit people at the moment. <laughs> oh, that way. I thought you were talking about content. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like, have you not listened to the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so, um, Carl, how are you? How are we doing lyric-wise? We got nothing. Are you feeling inspired? No, not at all. I was hoping <laughs> that you two would just jam it out, and I was going to listen. Cause... It doesn't work like that. Carl. Oh, I know. Really. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find something. Right. Okay. What can I? T- um. Oh, congratulations, Carl, on getting married since thanks, last episode. Hey, thanks way. very much. Yeah. It was the most amazing day. I'm, um, <laughs> it's um. I don't know. Uh, two, there's like things in your life that you remember forever, and there's things that I thought I'd never ever be lucky enough to actually exist through. And um, having my baby daughter, incredible, it was an incredible day. But also getting married was just an incredible day. I was amazed at how. So the lovely Zari, who's because I'm so yeah. Well, Zari. I'm so. Um, I just wanted everyone to have a good time. But when the actual day happened, I just wanted her to. I just wanted to be with her. Like, you know what I mean? It was mad. The actual ceremony itself was just so wonderful. I wasn't expecting it to affect me as much as it did, mm-hmm. which is a lovely thing. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, well, yeah, so we, we had one. Congratulations. That was great. That was, great. That was a lovely yeah. day. All right. What have we got? I don't know. I'm going to try this. Oh, God. <laughs> you, know, you know your album that's not been released yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking hidden track at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this can be a feature. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. This is going to become a running, running joke. I reckon I should never release it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that album? <laughs> I don't know what. Oh, what, uh, Carl? I forgot to say. Yeah. Because I said to you, did you enjoy how that album sounded? Which one? The, the sound of the th- the thing, you know, like the the um the the one that isn't being released with all the instruments. Did on I it. enjoy? Yes. Yeah. That was all recorded individually in lockdown, remotely. Remotely, yeah. That's that's the other, that was the other question yeah. I had. Did what did did you just pass charts to everyone and yeah. say that's what I want exactly? And then they just knock it out exactly. And what instrument got put down first? Uh, a horrible MIDI sound. Oh really? Just like <laughs> yeah. a, a yeah. I did it all MIDI, and then, and then they, they they had MIDI karaoke jazz, and they it's played along. You just, you just replaced the MIDI with real. Yep. Yeah. And then wow. I just kind of put it all together. Which is a hell of a session in a bloody studio with. Oh, uh, um, tell me about it. That was that was a long time in my life. Different mics, different acoustics. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. also the fact that they were also musical to put it together, and also had the ability to use doors themselves you know what i mean yeah so and they had yeah. decent enough recording oh i had to send out, out some tuition to tuition videos okay yeah there was a few yeah. <laughs> yeah man anyway i just thought that was interesting no oh yeah no that, that's because we we're, 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 well, obviously we're recording remotely right now so I, th- just, uh, I thrive oh, on that stuff well, I love it. we haven't even spoke about the, the whole ai aspect of yeah well that that was a different thing then maybe that's another one okay 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 right, i can okay. get you on another podcast for that if you want cliffhanger to yeah there's, there's, there's actually a podcast for that Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. There we go. Well, send me a link, and I'll, 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 I'll stick. Not with me thing. on it. I mean, that would be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go. Okay. Uh, oh God. I don't mind, okay. man. All right. So, uh, 
A, 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 a minor? A minor. Ooh. Of course. Okay. Well, Why what do you, you always choose the tricky ones? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's tricky or not. <laughs> it goes to F sharp for me. Oh no, that's not minor. Nice, that's cool. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> um, what lyrically are we thinking? Happy, sad, medium. Um. Well, you'll know the lyrics when you hear them. All right. Okay. I'm just going on my. Hey. I don't know if he knows this one. Uh, All right, hang on. We'll change it up. Go on, you jam it up there slowly. Very, very radio head. <laughs> you better watch your mouth. You better watch your back. Better choose the right way on some fork in the road. <laughs> of course, the path less travel. I look like following your footsteps. Don't fumble, because this ain't Sunday football, baby. <laughs> Doing lyric wise, we're done. <laughs> no, you're done. <laughs> I went to a lyrics generator and it was rubbish. Oh dear, I'm just enjoying this. Oh. <laughs> 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 
was going to say if I knew Luke better, I'd sing about him. <laughs> you, got, you are sitting on Essence of Luke. <laughs> oh, the Essence of Luke. <laughs> this is a new ringtone. The Essence of Luke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>